thank you all so much for the opportunity of coming and being here today. I've seen several people that I knew. I didn't recognize any of them. Uh, I apologize for that. Uh, so if you're here and, and I'm supposed to know you, please tell me who you are. Uh, I will apologize again, but I am not 29 now. You didn't know that? You would get, uh, yeah, no. Uh, I am uh, de really delighted to be here. And uh, we've been here several times and worshiped with you and just had a great time of any time we've been here. Y'all been so gracious and, and warm to us. And thank you so very much. Uh, really special thanks to Travis. My ride home will be much better now, Travis. Thank you. Uh, I, I do see things a little differently than some people. I, I've always been that way. I'm just a little peculiar in, in, in how I see things and, and what I see is really important. In the 14th chapter of, of uh, Matthew's gospel account, Jesus has just fed 5,000 people plus women and children, sent the disciples across on the, on the water, and he comes to them later and is walking, and they thought he was a ghost or, or somebody didn't know who he was or what he was. And then Peter says, if it's really you, Lord, tell me to come to you. And Peter stepped out of the boat and walked on water. Now, to walk on water took a lot of courage. But when the storm got great, Peter started sinking and said, help, Lord, help. And so the Lord did rescue him, put him in the boat, and they, they kept going across the, the sea. But when I thought about that, I'm thinking about you because this church is at a point where you're going to have to step out of the boat and get on the water and get busy serving the Lord as you seek a new pastor. It, it is one of the, the great things and one of the challenging things is that a church goes through. I've been involved for the last, well, since 1992, helping churches recruit, find, and, and call pastors. And I've seen many things in those days, but the main thing I've seen is churches must be patient and must be getting to get out of the boat onto the water to change people's lives. And, and I've always thought about that, and I said, you know, that's where we are. That's what we need to do. But how do we do that? How do we, how do we step out of the boat? How do we get on the water? Because, you see, we're never going to walk on the water while we're in the boat. Now, I, I must confess to you, I love fishing. I, I really do. I always have picked up some of the habits here while I was pastor in this area. But I love to fish. And I've done a little research on fishing to find out how, it, how to do it better. And I even did a little research because I have two ponds I fish in. I have a pond behind my house. I go down there on occasions. I look into the pond and I see fish swimming all around. They are about this size. No, 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 over here now, not, that's two fish, 
not, not one big one. And then I, I, I go to a pond that has really nice bass in it. You know, all fishermen, except you and me, are liars. So, I, you know, you heard the me part. I mean, big fish. Yeah, big fish. Uh, and I love to fish. And which pond do you think I prefer to go to? The other one with the big fish in it. Because I, I just like catching big fish. I ask, how do you catch big, how do you have bigger fish in your pond? And, and the people of Mississippi State wrote back in the extension department and told me how to do it. You make sure that when you build the pond, you have site selection very carefully done. You manage what you have in the pond. You take care of the fish that's already there. And you construct it in such a way that it will produce big fish. My pond dug a hole. Water fell in it. Fish came along. Uh, I looked at the price. I said, mm-hmm. Water's going to come in it and fish is going to stay there and they're going to be about that big. Uh, not, a lot I, not a lot I'm willing to do to, to change that. We had a church, and you may be saying, what in the world is all this about? Well, let me t try to tie it all together with you. What this is all about is when we decide we want to change our world for Christ, then we have to step out of the boat. And to step out of the boat, we have to understand some principles that will help us as we walk on the water while we're looking at Jesus and to make a difference in our lives as we do that. Joshua said, but as for me and my family, we're going to worship the Lord. Isn't that a great thing to think about? Paul, when he wrote his letter, said, Paul, a servant, a slave of Christ. James, when he wrote his letter, said, James, a servant, a slave of the most high Lord God, Christ. Peter in 2 Peter said, Simon Peter, a servant, a slave of Christ. That's how we do it. Who is controller of your life? Is it God or is it the world? That's where we've got to be. Now, now you know, this is not easy to do. I would never tell you it was something that was really easy to do because very honestly, it is not. You know, infomercials, sometimes when I wake up in the middle of the night and can't sleep, I'll turn the TV on and they'll be selling knives. I haven't figured out yet what in the world I'm going to do with 549 knives. So I hadn't bought it yet. Uh, so, but I did buy some. I was in a store walking down the aisle and I heard somebody talking about knives and stuck my head around and this lady was doing a live infomercial selling knives. She took the knife and she sliced a ripe tomato and it didn't squish out. It was amazing. She sliced a loaf of bread and it didn't do like mine and squished down. She cut the head off of a nail. And I'm sitting there thinking, wow, wouldn't that be great to have a knife like that? And then she said, and if you buy this knife, I'll give you this knife, this knife, this knife, and this knife. And my eyes got about that big. 
and I came home with a whole sack full of knives. I had a tomato. Squish. I had a loaf of bread. My nail still has its head on. I had bought them for all my family. I was going to give them away. I still have all of them. They didn't want them. So it's not easy to do that infomercial. I have decided that next time I buy something at an infomercial, I'm getting the one they're using. It has to be different. That, that, that's what I want. But, you know, when you think about it, think about what, if it's not easy, how can I do and become and, and live the life of a person that makes a difference? There's a verse in Scripture that tells us how to do it. Right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, chapters 5, 6, and 7 of Matthew, right in the middle there, there, there is a guide, a, a help on how to allow God to be ruler of your life. It's one of my favorite verses. When things like this happen, it's just a God thing. But Travis and I did not talk this week. And the verse that we said a few minutes ago is the verse that I had chosen for this. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. God gave that to you this morning, didn't he, Travis? He did. And isn't it wonderful how God puts things together like that? I had thought somebody had told him what I was preaching on. I didn't know until the, after the first service that God gave it to him this morning. So I really think it's a wonderful thing that we have working on the same mind thoughts about what God wants to say today. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things be added unto you. I want us to look at some of the words in that verse and just see what we, how we can Use those words to help our lives. See. If we look it up in Webster, it says to diligently search for. To really look for something. To, to dig into it. To really look for it. Now, the story I'm about to tell you, I rarely tell in front of the young lady sitting over here to my left. But I did it in early service. And there were enough people around afterwards that, that I survived telling it. Some will tell it again. And notice I'm not going to look that way. Uh, the story is, in our house, we lose things. When we lose things, we look for them. Where is my... Keys, my glasses, my notes, my Bible, my whatever. Where is it? Have you looked for it? I've looked everywhere. Walking into the room, pick up one thing, there it is, hands it to me with that look. Did you really look? I take it. Thought I did. That's what we do with Scripture. That's what we do with the Lord's Word. We, we glance at it. We just kind of skim over it. 
we don't dig into it to really diligently search for what it has meaning for us to be. And, and you know what Scripture says? Scripture says, it says that if we seek, we will do what? Find. If we seek, we will find. But if we don't diligently look for something, we're not going to find it. How are we going to find what God really wants us to be and to do if we're not willing to diligently look for it? But seek first. Priority matters. Things that really do matter. Things that make a difference in our world. You see, so many times we're not seeking after those priority things. We're looking for an easy way, an infomercial type life that, that we can just bounce around. But the exciting thing to me is that we have the opportunity, we have the, the, the way to diligently look for priority matters. What are priority matters? Well, look at some of your activities. What do you do that really makes a difference? What do you do that really challenges you? What do you do when you have those kind of things in front of you? What do you do? How do you do it? If your activities, if you look at them, if you don't put priority on what really needs to be done. I'm a to-do list person. Reason being, I like to check things off. I will actually write things down that I did that's not on my to-do list just so I can put an X by it. You know, it just makes me feel good to, to do that. Some of you are laughing. You do the same thing, don't you? Yeah, I do, and, and I'll confess to it. Uh, but you know what, really, in our activities, we must never let the things that matter most be at the mercy of things that matter the least. And what should matter the most? Obedience to God and to his will. That's where it's got to be. We've got to put first things first. We've got to do the things that matter the most in order that our lives may be challenging and our lives may be different. You know, our anxieties are also how we know if, if we're putting first things first. What are you anxious about? Uh, are, are you anxious about food? If I keep going till 1230, you... Uh, you're beginning to, get, beginning to get anxious about food. I'm not going to do that because I'll get anxious about food. But I, I always have more than, than, than abundance in it. I don't worry about fashion. I have two young ladies, my wife and my daughter, that take care of that. So I don't have to worry about it just so I get the right two pieces together that, that I'm supposed to wear that day. What, what else? Do we worry about the, the finances? There are times when there's more month than there is check. There are times that we struggle with things like that. But you know, even the future, do we worry about what the future holds? Sure we do. But you know, when we seek first, the things that are of God is where our focus has to be and needs to be. But seek first, what? The kingdom of God. That's what we're to be looking for. Diligently searching for the things that matter the most 
And the kingdom of God is what Jesus said in his sermon are the most important things we can do. The kingdom of God is God's rule, God's agenda for our lives. Isn't that kind of almost makes me want to shiver? Because I know that what God wants from me is what's best. And so how do I, how do I discover that? How do I discover what the kingdom living is really all about? I have to experience it first. I have to be able to say, I know whom I have believed, and I am confident that he will hold tomorrow. I have to be able to say, I called upon the name of the Lord. I called upon his name, and he saved me, as he said he would. I have to know that the kingdom of God, I have made God king, God ruler, his agenda first in my life, and it really does change how I, I face tomorrow. We have to express it. It's not to be kept quiet. It's not to be kept silent. We have to express that God is living in our heart because we live in a world that needs to know who Christ is and what Christ is doing. His kingdom, his kingdom. May thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. His kingdom of what he wants to do within our lives. His kingdom and his righteousness. Righteousness. That's a special word. That means we're living our lives to reflect who Christ is and what he wants to do. We're living our lives to change not only our lives, but to change our world that is around us. How do we do that? How do we live our lives in such a way that it changes our world and how, God, how we see God and how the people around us see God? How, do, how does that happen to us? Well, righteousness has to do w with our time. What, what do we do with our time? How do we use our time? It has to do with our talents. How, how do we use our talents? How do we use what God has gifted us to do? How do we use our, our treasure? The, the money that God gives us, how do we respond in, in, in using it? What, what do we do about those kind of things? How do we respond to other people as though we're living in the kingdom? So what do we have? Seek first, diligently look for those things which do matter. God's kingdom, his rule, and God's righteousness in our lives is what we need to be looking for. And what do we do if we do that? All of these things are going to be added unto us. What things? What, 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 what's Jesus talking about? When you read the Sermon on the Mount, you will see all the things he's talking about. He's talking about all those things that impact other people's lives and impact our lives. When you read those three chapters of Matthew's Gospel account, you will understand what Christ is offering you if we'll diligently search for priority matters and find God's kingdom and God's righteousness for our lives. If we will do that, 
then we will experience the change to receive all of these things. Ability to build our lives on solid rock. The knowledge of knowing how to pray and how to fast and how to give alms. The knowledge of how to treat other people. The knowledge of the kind of people we need to be and to be attitudes. All those things are there. And all those things are important for us to see and us to do. But it's like an infomercial. The doing is sometimes the hardest part of what we really need to be doing. I'm a collector. I collect cartoons. Now, I know that's a strange thing to collect, but they're free most of the time or very inexpensive. And I always think when I collect one, that's going to be useful one day. Well, I have a Calvin and Hobbes cartoon that I want you to envision with me and see it. In the first frame, you have Calvin, the little boy, in the wagon, and Hobbes, his pet tiger, stuffed in front of him, and they're going down a, a path. And, ha and Calvin says to Hobbes, Hobbes, ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is happiness. If you're ignorant, you don't see the problems. If you don't see the problems, you don't think you have to fix them. If you don't have to fix them, you don't have to change anything. Ignorance is bliss. Second frame, Hobbes says, Calvin, there's a cliff ahead. Calvin said, I don't want to know. Third frame, Calvin has stars around his head. The wagon has been up and Hobbes is flat. Hobbes says, I don't know how much of this happiness I can stand. Calvin says, careful, Hobbes. We don't want to learn anything. So what do we have? We have the opportunity to have our lives changed by God to be the people that he wants us to be. Do we want to be like Hobbes? I mean, like Calvin and never respond or do we want to understand what God has to say this is what I'd like for you to do with me in just a minute I'm going to ask you to stand take your copy of God's word or we can put it on the screen uh, the, the the passage for today Matthew 6 and in just a minute we're all going to stand and this is what I'm going to ask you to do to read it with me I want you to hear in your own words this verse of Scripture. Now, your translation may be different than mine or different than on the board. It doesn't matter. You read your translation. I'll read mine. And when, I, when we finish reading the, the, the material here, the verse here, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And then we're going to stand and offer an invitation for you to respond to what God has told you to do today. Somebody here may have been responding to what Christ wants to do in their lives, to offer them salvation. And they need to come and tell the congregation, God has moved in my life and I want to ask him to be my Savior. And we will discuss with you about how you can do that. We may have some people here that need to unite with this church as they receive people. We might need to do that. There may be some of us here today who have not been diligently looking for the first things that in our lives, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 
So we're not getting the things that Christ wants to give us. We may need to, to make a, a decision to commit our lives to more faithful service to him. We may just need to come to the altar to pray. We may need to do any of those things. But when we hear our own voices reading this scripture, I hope it will impact your life where you'll say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. I'm willing to do what you call me to do.